thank you for joining us on our very next episode of Alter Talks. Today's episode is going to be about Wicca. I, again, am your host, Drake Aidenloke, and joining me today for the very first time, and hopefully for the foreseeable future, is my very good friend and mentor, Bird. Now, Bird, why don't you tell us, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, that way they can get acquainted with you. Hi, I'm Bird. Um, I have been practicing witchcraft pretty much since I was a kid. Um, didn't realize what it was until like I was a teenager. Um, my mother dabbled in like candle magic, crystals, all of that. Um, first really started off with uh, tarot um, and basically just launched into full-blown witchcraft as it tends to happen. Um, started off with Wicca. Um, was really into it when I was a teenager. Um, then I just gradually moved on to my own thing. Um, currently I am, um, pretty eclectic. Um, a lot of my workings have to do with instincts and basically gut feeling what needs to happen at that particular time. There's no set structure or anything like that. So that being said, um, I'm going to let Drake do a lot of the explanation as to the how of Wicca because he knows a lot better than I do. Yeah, well, I mean, and the reason for why I'm doing the how is, well, I am actually a practicing Wiccan. So would be, the, well, the closest amalgamation thereof. So, Bert, why don't we, to start us off a little bit, let's talk a little bit about kind of our own experiences with what Wicca is to us, and then we can kind of go into more the history, the who, the what, and all that. So Sounds good to me. Why don't you start, well, you know, what kind of, what were your experiences with it? Well, I started off reading um, books by Eileen Holland. Um, they're pretty thorough. Um, they pretty much cover the basics of Wicca and taught it from an individual perspective. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of ceremony, I guess. Um, and it does differ from traditional Wicca quite a bit. Um, it's the newest version, I guess. But um, I learned a lot of how to do a lot of things from that book, or from her books. And a lot of it's focused on the goddess, um, Less focus on the horn god, um, I found. Didn't really know a whole lot about him. And focus a lot on love and light and so on and so forth. Well, and to stop you there, before we kind of segue into my experiences, uh, for our listeners out there that really don't know anything about Wicca at all, uh, who is the goddess and the horn god? So the goddess is, um, there are different perspectives on that. So some view um, the goddess as an accumulation of, or like the central figure of creation, um, the M mother earth. Um, some view uh, different goddesses from different pantheons as aspects of her. Um, the horn god is her counterpart, um, often associated with horns, hence the horn god. Um, very much of a nature deity. Um, also, same format. Some people believe the horn god is representation of all, um, or it can be different specific deities, um, like Pan or Hern. Just like with the goddess, it can be Aphrodite or Diana. Um, and 
some people view them as different aspects of them. Some people view the goddess, god and goddess as their own individual deities that are separate from each other. So, I mean, to sum up, <clears throat> to bring it down, I guess, to a more simplified level, we, when you say the, the god or the goddess, it's more either what a particular person believes mm-hmm. with being a specific goddess or god, like, for example, Pan and the Morrigan, Yes. Or it can be just a stand-in figure as an, a concept rather than an yes. actual deity. Like an archetype. An archetype. I love that. Good. And for my personal experience, I will say that I do practice uh, solitary Wicca. So I am not initiated into a Gardarian or Alexandrian coven. And for the sake of simplicity, we're not going to go into the semantics and the differences between every different type of Wicca. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, that's like, and the it boils down to the differences between Baptists and Episcopalians. There are distinct differences, but no one really cares. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's it's all the same, but different. Yes. Same, same, but different, to quote that very terrible movie, which I'm never going to speak the name of again or ever quote again. I apologize. Anyway, sorry about that tangent. I, I, that's why we have Bird, because Bird keeps me away from tangents, because I'm terrible about them. But to get back on the topic, I guess now I'm going to talk, tell you a little bit about more my experiences with Wicca and kind of what drew me to it in the first place. Now, as I said last episode, Bird introduced me to paganism after a very big crisis of faith and going through some atheism. We were on our way back from the Kansas City Renaissance Festival, and he picked up his first tarot deck, and I think we're listening to, uh... Born of Water. Well, yeah, Born of Water, and, like, we had to listen to it on repeat because he just kept tripping, essentially. And I was sober, that's the sad thing. Yeah, and, like, there were cold chills, and, like, he was basically crouched over going... Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. It was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean... Slightly dramatic, too. Well, I mean, I am a child of the theater. Yes, unfortunately. So dramatic is what I do. But it it was more that it was just because of that crisis of faith that was happening, I was seeking for that, that, I guess, you know, what people in the Christian church, you know, that, that hole in your soul that you need to fill and that just kind of fit because i mean i had heard of wicca and witchcraft before but it never really spoke to me up until that point and we had i mean a very long because that's like what a three four hour drive for us yeah i mean so we had like a three four hour drive to just talk about you know faith because that's usually what happens when you put the two of us in the same room together is we just talk about deep philosophical stuff you know like talk to you have over coffee and stuff like that yeah i mean very light stuff well no it gets heavy at times but (laughs) that's just because we're weird Mm, good good sweet delicious liquid (laughs) (laughs) so going back um tell us a little bit about a little bit more about your experience with yeah sorry tangents um, so, 
once I started getting in, more into it on my own, you know, I Wicca just really fit because I, like I said, I am a child of the theater. So for me to find something that does draw heavily on the theatrics of it, because really any, and I'll get into this more in the how Wicca is practiced, Wiccan rituals are very much a, a play. I mean, and that's, they're designed purposely like for that. That's a really good way to put it. Do, I mean, talking apparently is not a thing today. English, I promise, is my first language. It's okay, we're just doing a podcast, no big deal. I mean, yeah, we're just talking to the <laughs> internet. But theatrics is something that has always vibed really well with me. And to get into more of the history, the, the history of Wicca, now that I've kind of talked about my, my feelings and everything like that, Wicca draws very heavily on 18th century occultist societies and the Freemasons. And I can tell you without a doubt that Wicca is a child of Freemasonry, at least on the theatrical portion. And why I can say that is because I am a third degree Master Mason initiated into the ancient free and accepted Masons in the Grand Lodge of Missouri. Gerald Gardner was initiated into the Grand Lodge of Ireland, I believe. I'd have to look that up. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it was Ireland. Um, and that's just, you know, he borrowed a lot of the theatrics for the basic ritual structure from the Freemasons because it works. It's not a bad thing, and it does not change the validity or the sanctity of the rituals themselves because to each the symbolism is what's important to the individual and if the symbolism works then well really don't care you could do a catholic mass with wiccan archetypes in it and if that what if that's what floats your boat it floats your boat really what it comes down to with um rituals and such is you can write a sigil on a pop tart and if you believe wholeheartedly in that pop tart with the sigil on it it's going to work and so, with Wicca being derived from Freemasonry and so on and so forth, there's nothing that's really truly original. We borrow ideas from um, many different sources. And if it works for you, it works for you. And so, um, a lot of the complaints about Wicca include that it started in the 1930s or 50s? 19. Oh. It started in the 19th. Like Gerald Gardner started, and you'll have to correct me because you did a lot more research into the early history of Wicca than I did, because life happens. <laughs> um, but if memory serves, it Gerald Gardner really started his movement in the late 30s, with it coming to a head in the 40s during the World War II, during yes. World War II, yes. and then... From there, it grew and really didn't reach the states until the 70s. Yes. During the free love movement with uh, Raymond Buckland and um, Scott Cunningham. Yes. So, if you could, like I said, because you did a lot more research, go ahead and tell us a little bit about the early history of Wicca and kind of where Gerald Gardner got his inspiration from and then up to today, if you don't mind. Sure thing. So a lot of the influence was from the Freemasons, um, but the stuff that wasn't, um, 
a lot of that came from what's called the witch cult hypothesis. Um, scholars believe that witch hunts were isolated incidents in peasant villages, and information provided was largely unreliable due to them being due to torture. Yeah, I mean, just thumb screws. Right. I mean, the the. The Malice Maleficarum was just a horrible, horrible book. And yes, you terrible. can quote me on that. It was written by two monks that... The Hammer of Witches. The Hammer of Witches, what Malice Maleficarum actually translates to. And it is a crock of shite. <laughs> right. And so um, that's basically what all the testimonies and such of the um, torture episodes, I guess, um, were. They were as false as you could be, pretty much. Um, but in, in 1828, um, I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try to. Carl Yarkey. We're going to go with that. He proposed the, um, that the accused were practicing an ancient and secret pan-European pagan religion. He was pretty much the only one that proposed that. Um, but a woman named Margaret Murray was his biggest supporter. She was an English Egyptologist. She wrote the books The Witch Cult in Western Europe and The God of the Witches in 1921 and 1933, respectively. She introduced a lot of um, ideas that are still around today for Wicca, um, such as Coven should have 13 members. It's nature-based. Um, there's the introduction of the Horned God. Um, there's a focus on white magic of fertility and not black magic. And there are these Sabbaths. All of that is still around today, um, but those concepts themselves were actually largely based on bad scholarship. Um, her critics basically said she was very highly selective. She ignored details that did not support her theory. There's a lot of confirmation bias. So she also frequently contradicted herself. However, one person that did not care about that was Gerald Gardner. Now, to to get more into the, the how with that, I make no assumptions that I am part of a ancient religion. I'm not. Wicca was founded in the 1930s. Yes. Period. My religion is less than 100 years old. However, to all those Wiccan listeners out there, don't fret. That's not a bad thing. Jesus was a baby at one point, too. And that's the thing. Our religious movement, and I say our because I am, like I said, practiced. Just because we're new to the scene doesn't mean your beliefs are any less valid Absolutely. than anybody else's. <clears throat> and that's okay. Yes. <laughs> Just because, again, it goes back to what you believe and everything. If it works for you, then it works for you. It's no, it's not any less valid because it comes from a different um, time period or a different source or anything like that. If it's meaningful to you, then that's what's important. And Wicca is such a huge movement that's meaningful to a lot of people. And so I feel like that gives us a lot of validity to it in and of itself because it's the value in it is what you feel get from it yeah and i mean it's not and it's not bad values that you get either way and i mean i will say this a majority of my adult life has been making young men better uh i'm very involved 
and the Boy Scouts of America. I'm very involved with my fraternity. And that is our one goal is to make people better people. Not not saying that people are inherently wrong, but just taking the core values of what makes somebody and expanding on those. Focusing mainly on charity and being just a, a nicer person in general. Now, to get back on topic before I tangent again, uh, let's, you know, a little bit more about Gerald Gardner, the man himself, the father of Wicca, as he is often referred to. He was essentially the only one that took Murray seriously. He adopted her, her works that she put out forth in the two books that she wrote, and I'm sorry I cannot... Yeah, I know you just said them, but... It's all good. Their name escapes me. He was uh, a member of the folk, Folklore Society with her. So they were contemporaries of the same time, and I assume they probably knew each other personally. Yes. Um, he was an Englishman. Um, like I said, he did. He was initiated into the Grand Lodge of England from the... Not the Grand Lodge of England. The Grand Lodge of Ireland from the information that I could find. Um, in 1954, he did write the book Witchcraft Today, and a lot of the practices that he set forth, especially the Eastern influences, comes from the time that he spent in India as a young man. Um, he has also started, was initiated in 1939 into the New Forest Coven. And it's, it's, in the book, it's stated that he had been. However, this is something that's questionable. It's he said, she said. I mean, it's yeah. it's what he put forth in his book. So we can't be for sure because that the New Forest Coven is by definition a secret society. And when I say a secret society, I mean a society that is not open to the public. Right. They are selective of their members, and they do not. They don't have any published work. Um, the Freemasons are not a secret society. We are a society with secrets. I'm just going to nip that one in the bud before it becomes a problem. It's Sorry. Important. Tangent in. Um, with that, um, he also formed the Brickett Wood Coven in 1946, where he served as the high priest. Um, he formed the, the Coven's Book of Shadows, which actually I do believe is on display in the Witchcraft Museum in his hometown. Or so not his hometown, his um his retirement something something like that yeah the home in which he retired there's a witchcraft museum there now in england if you get a chance definitely check it out it's got a lot of cool stuff i personally have never been but i've seen enough photos that it is on my bucket list um so this book of shadows um he formed the the coven's book of shadows um and as um we know and if you don't know then shortly. The Book of Shadows is basically a gigantic spell book. Um, it has basically any information that is helpful in your practice. He said um, that the information he wrote down in the Book of Shadows was ancient knowledge passed down through generations. However, that's highly in question and his even his friends um, in the coven also question this. Several of them had quite a falling out because of, um, essentially he plagiarized a lot of it. Um, Doreen, I can't pronounce that, Valiente? Valiente would be my closest guest. I'm okay. terrible with names. We're going so. to go with that. Valiente was a member of um, the coven. They were friends. 
Um, she expanded this Book of Shadows and introduced the emphasis of the goddess. So up until this point, there had been heavy, heavy, heavy focus on the Horned God. And it was with Doreen Valiente that um, the goddess became a more prominent figure. She also called him out when she discovered that he had plagiarized Alistair Crowley. That is where he got a lot of his information, essentially word for word, for his Book of Shadows. She eventually left the coven because Gardner kept trying to publicize the coven and professed that the book and read, which he made up, was law. So they had quite a rocky relationship. Now, and to get into the Wiccan read, I'm just interjecting the how into all of this because it just makes more sense. Um, the Wiccan read is a poem that pretty much sets forth the basic guidelines of a practicing Wiccan. Think akin to like the Ten Commandments, except they rhyme. They rhyme, and they're more guidelines than actual rules. Um, now, like you can curse someone, but it's generally frowned upon. Yeah, the, the the major points of the Wiccan read are the two major ones that I can think of. First would be the law, the rule of three, which anything that you do comes back to you threefold. Now, this again, like we said, Gardner did spend a lot of time in the the East, India, Southeast Asia, and he brought over the idea of karma to Wic to Wicca from his time there, because karma is a very big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very very big part of Hinduism. Um, and then the next part, and I'm going to quote this word for word, the final two lines of the Wiccan read, and these eight words the read fulfill, harm ye none, do what you will, which basically just means that you can do what you want to do, you know, be, you do you, as long as it doesn't bring harm to others. And that's where a lot of people really connect, in my opinion, connect with Wicca because it's not bogged down in you can't wear clothing of two different cloths you can't eat you know doesn't tell you you can't eat pork you can eat as much shrimp as you like in wicca unless you're allergic don't eat yes because yes. you know dying is bad generally speaking and then you get to try again if you do <laughs> so in wicca there is also uh a lot of wiccans do believe in the concept of reincarnation that is more up to the individual. It's not actually set forth in any precedent from uh, the kind of the big names in Wicca. I really even don't know where that got its start. I'm not sure. That was one thing that I didn't research. So, yeah, I, as good as mine, I could funny. not tell you where we got it from, but we are so good at this. Every Wiccan I know personally uh, does does believe in reincarnation and like i said this is just kind of what we found it is not any type of scholarly study i am not citing my sources please all forgive me uh that kind of brings us up to when wicca was brought into the united states yes um if you've walked into the new age section of pretty much any major bookstore you've probably seen the name buckland raymond and rosemary buckland um are credited with bringing Wicca to the United States. Um, they corresponded with Gardner and were actually initiated into Gardnerian Wicca in uh, 1963. They uh, founded the Long Island Coven in New York, um, which I'm pretty sure that was one of the first ones, if not the first one, and 
The first major one. First major one, yeah. Um, however, in 1973, they ceased practicing Gardnerian Wicca and formed a new branch. Um, which, again, pronunciation is a little bit different. Sax Wicca. Sax Wicca, okay. It's just spelled weird, so I wasn't quite sure. Um, so instead of the horn god and goddess, it was Woden Freya. Um, they did away with initiation. It wasn't as much of a... It wasn't a secret um, as it was with Gardnerian Wicca. All of the rites and rituals were published by Beckman. And I do live right next to an airport, so I apologize sincerely. Sorry about that. Our, uh, yeah, we, we live really near an airport and bugger, it gets annoying. So we were at Woden Freya. So that kind of leaves us into Gavin and Yvonne Frost. Yes. Um, in 1968, they established a church and school of Wicca, which was actually a really good thing because it led to a few years later, Wicca being a federally recognized religion in the United States. The only pagan religion, I believe, that is actually federally recognized. Yes, because it has a central thing to it. Central thing. Central thing in quotes. Air quotes. And, <laughs> yes. As much as it can possibly be in this patchwork of a faith. So, um, another significant um, figure in Wicca is Alexander Sanders. You probably heard of him in the context of Alexandrian Wicca. Um, he was a hereditary witch, and this is actually, unlike Gardner, has some backing to it. Um, his grandmother was skilled in, quote, cunning craft, and he was a spiritualist healer. He married Maxine Sanders, and they refer to themselves as the king and queen of witches, which is not pretentious at all. He founded Alexandrian Wicca. Um, there's a focus on ceremonial magic, the Kabbalah, and there were some pretty heavy Judeo-Christian influences. Another famous branch of Wicca is Dianic Wicca. It was formed in 1971 by Susanna Budapest. There's a heavy focus on the goddess, and the horn god was often ignored. It was very feminist ideology. There was no initiation needed, um, is referred to as women's spirituality, and in 1979, Starhawk published a spiral dance. She was a, she is, she's probably still alive, um, she's a Gardarian who practiced Diana Quicca, and she tried to combine the two under the tradition of reclaiming. There are tons and tons and tons of different types of Wicca, though, and to cover all of them would be the longest episode in history. Yeah, we won't even begin to try. I mean, really, when we get to how how you practice Wicca, it's very much a spiritual movement of the self. It's what makes you feel empowered. Yes. And that is, if you take anything away from our episode today, that is what I want you to take away. Is It is a spiritual movement of the self. A lot of people, myself included, really don't consider it a religion as much as a philosophy of for life. In a lifestyle, yeah. In a lifestyle. And harm you none, do what you will. And with that, I think we really, we covered pretty much everything there is to cover on Wicca. 
Well, no. Well, no. Um, one of the things is that it's also extremely controversial. Um, ever since its creation, there's been a lot of infighting. Um, a lot of it has to do with who's right, who's wrong, us versus them. Essentially, it's a lot of elitism. It, there is a lot of elitism with it, and we you get into gatekeeping because with the original Gardarian Wicca, it is a, a you have a Gardarian Wicca. You have to be initiated into a coven. Mm-hmm. That's a crock of shite, in my opinion, because you don't need any one person to tell you how to believe something. That's a cult. It's not a religion. Yes. So, with that that does where a lot of the controversy does stem from is because of that. Um, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people um, propose that if you're a solitary Wiccan, you're not a quote unquote real true Wiccan practicing actual Wicca because you have to be initiated into the branch. It's, I personally disagree with that completely. Um, I agree with you, Drake, in that it's up to the individual and to to try and tell someone that they're not an actual Wiccan because they haven't been initiated by a high priestess or what have you. It's it's gatekeeping. It is gatekeeping and that's again, like I said, if you want anything you take away from today again is just it is what you make of it. And that's with a lot of paganism that you're going to see throughout our episodes. It's really what makes you feel good about it because there is no set organization there are branches like there are different denominations i guess of wicca and find what fits right for you if you want to be gardarian go for it if you want to be alexandrian go for it it's what what you want to do for you and what makes you feel empowered yeah, what makes you feel empowered? And with that, I'm actually going to say we are out of time for today. I do want to thank you again for listening. Please make sure to comment, like, do whatever you do on all your Subscribe. different podcasts. Please share this. Please share, yeah. Um, you know, give us a thumbs up, give us a thumbs down, whatever you feel like is necessary. And I want to say merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Thank you for listening. This has been Drake and Loken Bird on Alter Talks.